Welcome to our co-hosted News and Views. I'm Chuck Marple, here with my co-host Karen. How are you doing on this bright Saturday morning, Karen? I'm doing okay. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing fine. You know, we went out to Walmart, got some things this morning, and uh, got some things to replant my berry plants. So we'll, we'll see how all that goes. It's been a, been a strange week. You know, we got our, our booster shot, so we're up to date on everything about that. Good. So today in our news and views, I thought we'd take a little look at the danger coming up with the midterms. And the midterm, if the if the Republicans and McCarthy take the House, they've already talked about doing some really nasty things. They talked about having impeachment hearings on President Biden. Now, when you look at it, how can you compare what the prior president did with what President Biden has done? I don't know. It's, it's very frustrating to me. It, it's really disconcerting to me that we're sort of getting into like this like grudge politics where we're like going after the other party once we get it. Like not necessarily the Democrats doing that, but it just seems like why do we want to revisit? I read an article yesterday that said they want to revisit the 2016 election. They want to revisit all of these things to punish Democrats. And it's like, but you're not elected to go do that. You're elected to go pass legislation to help Americans. That doesn't help Americans to re review things from six years ago now because, you know, they're upset about this Russian collusion and they think something's gone wrong there. And it's, it's not worth the time. None of that, you know, and re they want to investigate the house committee. That's the special committee. That's looking at January 6th you know, go after them individually, especially the two Republicans on that committee that aren't Trump supporters. And I don't understand the point. You know, if something's gone down, Americans deserve to know about it. You know, the, the committee's doing some really thorough work on sorting this out. And if the Republicans win and they go back after this, what does that say about them? That they, they don't care about the Constitution? They don't care? That there was a a, a a coup attempt by the president. It's it's really strange how they've all followed in there, and that's even as they've lost some support among among even many Republicans. It's just is not not going good. You know, you brought up two good points. You brought up about that they're not doing their job, and it makes me think of two people. In the, uh, one of them is Senator Joe Manchin. He is doing what is comfortable for him to raise money. He's not doing it because his, his big donors are big business, big coal and all that, even though he hurts and is hurting the people who elected him. You know, the, the people in West Virginia, it's not a rich state. It's got a lot of issues. It's got one of the highest rates of, of uh, opioid disease, if you want to call it. And it's crazy. And then, of course, we have our own nutcase, Marjorie Taylor Greene, up in Northeast Georgia, that is, uh, she was so bad that she got kicked out of her committees. So she is doing absolutely no representation of her district. None she at all. A lot of time, she spends a lot of time harassing people, you know, harassing children that have been involved in school shootings and um, her Democratic opponent up there in Dalton. And she, she's just a nasty human being. You know, she, she finds a way to go after everything. She's in a spat with the Catholic church right now. 
and she's I don't understand if she wins I don't understand I I heard and I didn't know this previously when she won her election it was because her democratic challenger left um the running because he had faced death threats and he and his family left Georgia yeah it's it's really terrible it's got to be and when you get back to those committees things that I remember very well all the hearings that Hillary Clinton had to endure on the Benghazi thing constantly over and over and over again for something that was far beyond her control. She was not the only person. She may be, might have been Secretary of State, but how about all the other people more directly responsible? Who knows what could have been done? And they were able to pin absolutely nothing on her. If it hadn't been for those stupid email type things that the Russians colluded, I don't care what anybody says, they colluded with, with members of the Trump campaign, that this this all happened because of that. And, and Comey, like two weeks before the election, three weeks before the election, throws a bombshell about those those that other laptop because of Wiener there in, in New York. And it's like, all of a sudden, we are in the mess we're in. Had she been present, life would have been much, much different for in this country from the pandemic I, onward. I also think that some of the problem is not her specifically, but the the Democrat convention, I don't think, I, I don't think they did a good job. And, and I think they really felt like she was just going to win and there was no point in doing the messaging that they should have been doing to make sure she was elected. And I think that's sometimes a problem with the establishment in the, in the democratic party is that they don't, they don't understand what, the party's looking for. And that's why Bernie Sanders has had the success that he's had and why that, them not standing behind Bernie Sanders, right or wrong. I don't, I'm not even making a judgment on that. It alienated people from the party in 2016. Well, it, it, it did hurt them. It hurt them because they had too many of the party leaders at that time. And then most of them aren't leaders anymore. But much of the party leaders, uh, had made the decision she had to be the candidate and the even at the convention the sanders people were very very mistreated i know that for a fact because i did meet one and he talked about what what it was like to be in that convention so it, it was it was it was bad done but still i would say the greater composing was uh, the the emails that were going on there that's turning to your own state right now there's a couple of things going on there. One of them is that uh, man who may be shot at police because of a, they're going to get him for some traffic type stop. Maybe he didn't. We don't. We'll never know for sure what what they did fire at them. But he was unarmed, and that autopsy just showed 40, 40 gunshot wounds. They shot sixty times. Now I'm telling you, I hope their training is better than that. It shouldn't have taken more than four shots to bring the guy down. That said, the guy turned out to be unarmed. He turned and he looked at it and then far too many times they're, they're, they need to react so quickly that they react, react in the wrong way. And that certainly has made a mess in your state right now. But that comes down to training. Anything comes down to training. You, you have to repeat something so many times in training that it just becomes second nature. And, you know, having been an aviator in the Air Force, definitely – you get used to a checklist. You get used to, when this happens, I do X, Y, Z. 
And I know that cops are trained the same way when they're trained properly. And when they're trained to only use lethal force when necessary, you know, tasers do wonderful work and can bring people down without having to fire a single shot. Now, yes, people have died when they've been tased. If they have some health condition, the police obviously won't be aware of, but that's still a safer option than just barrage firing at a person like that part to me is terrible. It's like the times that black men have been shot in the back, like they're shot in the back. They're not a threat if they're running from you. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's a big issue. We, we've had that uh, in several times, and people cooperating, and then when they don't cooperate, they end up dying. They don't cooperate right away, and you know, there's that's, many 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 reasons for it. And that's what you know people say, like, oh well, you know, if you comply, that doesn't happen. Well, you also could be complying and have somebody kneeling on your neck. Mm-hmm. Once you're down and you're you're immobilized, it's very frustrating to think that this person was murdered by the police because that's what happened. Well, we had our own one in Atlanta where the guy the guy had fallen asleep in his car, and the guy the police came up and they he was cooperative. He said, "You're just doing your job and all that." When they tried to force him in the police car, he ran. And they chased him. And it didn't. I don't know if it didn't take. They missed him or whatever. And they ended up shooting and killing him. As he was, it was shooting him in the back on his way, you know. And that created all kinds of problems for for what we, what we have. And then was we it? had the the malicious shooting too. There, those three guys where the guy was a, a jogger, and on there we yeah. just had so so many of those things that it, it's very and frustrating. I think, I think the problem is, is you know. You look at, everyone looks at life through their filter. So your filter is uh, your experiences, your upbringing, where you live, who your friends are. You know, all of your, all of your past contributes to your filter. So as a white person, when you're like, well, you just comply and you're fine. But as a black person, and we've talked about this multiple times over the time we've been working together on these podcasts, that like what a police interaction is like for a black person is completely different than for a white person. And a lot of times I think people that argue on the side of the police don't understand what that's like. You know, no white person has ever been stopped because they're driving a Mercedes or a BMW. Just because a black person drives a fancier car, they have to be stopped and asked if that's actually their car. They have to pull out documents to prove that that's their car while also being told not to make any sudden movements. So you get stopped and you're asked, is this your car? Yes, prove it. Don't move. Like you get stuck. And and I've talked to a lot of black men who have been in that situation and their hearts are racing and they're scared. You know, they're not some like monster person that's super confident and knows how to handle it. They're terrified that this seemingly innocent interaction is going to end with them dying. Yeah, I've so talked to many black they, parents. Go ahead. If they if they ha- if they run at some point, it's not because they're some hardened criminal. I really think it's fear. And it's justified fear, you know. And I've talked to many black parents, and and I've talked to them, you know, honestly about this. That it's sad that they have to have the kind of conversation they have. What they call the talk 
with their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, keep your hands on the top of the steering wheel. Don't make any sudden movements. Make sure you have your your records ready and everything. Talk polite to to, to be basically an Uncle Tom, which is the basic anathema to them that they have to do this. But yet they have to do that. You do. I never had to worry about your kids being killed by police. I really didn't. But if I was a right. black parent, every time they walked out the door, I'd have, have to worry. And it's a sad thing that we've gotten to that. You know, and turning back to yeah. Ohio, you got your own, own really good one going on. Now, ladies and gentlemen, when you uh, are 10 years old, you should not be worried about an abortion. You should not be worried about being raped. You should not be worried about some male taking advantage of you. And yet we have a 10-year-old Ohio girl who got pregnant because she was raped. And Ohio law is now provides no exceptions for rape, incest, age, health condition, nothing. This young girl was forced to go to Indiana, somewhere in Indiana, excuse me, for an abortion. At that time, the abortion doctor got in big trouble with the state attorney general. But she proved she had done everything that she had to do to report it. In the meantime, we know that the right-wing media and people in Congress, such as Jim Jordan from Ohio, who has no right to talk about anything as far as uh, sexual abuse, we won't go down that. I don't want to get sued for it because nobody's really charged him and he should be. But they're talking about this was false. Two days later, a man admitted he had raped her twice. What right do these people have of calling this fake news when they are so willing to believe the fake news of the election? The whole case is troubling because... Ohio permits it up to six weeks. So this girl was six weeks and three days. So we're talking about three days. And let's also brief aside, the way that pregnancies are dated is very uh, (laughs) rigid and not accurate. You know, it's based on the date of your last period and it's assumed you have a 28 day cycle. If you have anything longer, uh, it can be off by several weeks it can say that you're eight weeks along and you're only six or if you have it a lot shorter then you could be farther along than what they tell you so it's not it's not an exact science and every pregnancy i've ever had no doctor has bothered to listen to me to the point where i actually lied with the last one to get it lined up to where i knew it was correct because i'd already done it three times i knew it wasn't dangerous so that right there when you have a law that is at six weeks, which can still hypothetically be before a woman knows. Mm-hmm. And you you make such a weird line in the sand at six weeks, the chances that many women will actually be able to do that in time is so slim. So that's the first thing right there. The, the dating of the pregnancy could be completely off. Secondly, these rapes occurred when she was nine years old. She was recently 10. And even more disgusting is that her mother defended the guy. I read that this morning. She defended the guy. So we are to assume that this is probably the mother's boyfriend. And this 
man had access to this child for who knows how long. And so this child has been traumatized by her mother's boyfriend. Technically, her mother allowed this to happen. She's been traumatized by needing this medical procedure in in an area that she should barely know exists at 10. She should be playing with dolls and playing with her friends, jumping rope outside, you know, worried about schoolwork. And now it's become this big national issue, which hopefully she doesn't know. But, you know, reporters outside her mother's door, it probably indicates to her that this has become a bigger deal. You know, grown women can't handle that kind of pressure. But now this 10-year-old's in the middle of all of this. And I've watched many people, not necessarily from Ohio, but other politicians that were asked, should this 10-year-old have been forced to give birth, despite the fact that it will probably kill her? Her body's not ready for this yet, as the American Association, American Academy of Pediatricians put out an announcement saying that this is a very high-risk group to go to the full um, nine months and give birth. This is a child that's pregnant. And the only reason that Jim Jordan is upset is because this man is an illegal alien. Oh. And that is now what it's turned into. This mon- monster, he's a monster no matter what, but we focus on that part now, which feeds into another section of their agenda. So they can say, look, it's not about the abortion. We can now turn this into an immigration issue. It's all Biden's it, it, fault. Oh yeah, it, it's amazing how they want to turn everything back into to something, somebody else's fault. It's never their fault. It's never their, their president's fault and all, all that kind of stuff. A couple of things that came to mind when you said about the dating, you know, uh, doctors do date, date it that way. And yet, according to the doctor's recommendation, you were a 10 month pregnancy. <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, you know, you never, never can tell about that. I didn't know, I didn't know the, the stuff. Of course, I, you're going to get more by being right in that same state. It is a sad state when a 10 year old has to know these things to begin with. I mean, we had our own similar one in here where a young girl was uh, sexually exploited by her mother's boyfriend. And she ended up getting charged as part of an accessory to a, to the murder of this young girl. And, and it's an ongoing thing. And number one, I can't see any reason in the world why somebody nine, 10 years old, I mean, our your daughter, our granddaughter, is going to be 10 years old. And, and the thought that, that somebody that age and that innocent should have to be uh, exposed in every way, shape, or form of that to, to this situation is, is beyond my belief horrible. And to, be, to have the media, right-wing media, exploit it for their own purposes and then be found to look like fools because they did. And you say, like Jim Jordan... Reversing it so it changes the, the the whole topic, which is unfortunately the MAGA Republican Party loves to change topics. They love to mess us up on there. So that brings us a little bit more to as we're moving towards the midterms, and we got some real issues out there. We are just waiting, and the media is waiting with bated breath, particularly right wing, for the former president to announce he's going to go again. I think it's a, a foregone conclusion he probably will. I'm hoping that he does the, does it just in time to mess up the midterms because he has not had a lot of success across the board in his recommendations. 
the majority of the people he's put in, he's put up for these these uh, positions, have not done really well in fundraising for one thing, because Fetterman in Pennsylvania has way out out, out uh, financed uh, uh, Dr. Oz, who isn't even a Pennsylvanian, which is disgusting. Uh, and the same thing here that, that Reverend Warnock, who really has done a great job for our state and he's really caring and he's worked on, on, on things and he's like a, a pastor for the whole state, which I think is a kind of interesting thing or does the right Christian things. If you want to use that kind of term, uh, it's outraised Herschel Walker by a long spot. And let's, let's take a look at Herschel Walker for a moment. Herschel Walker, again, he's had poor fundraising. He said one thing that really, a couple of things, but one thing that really got to me that he just put out was about the environment. I don't know, Karen, if you read about what he said about the environment. You may not have picked it up up there. Herschel Walker said that we have good air in the United States, but our good air gets moved over to China to replace their bad air. And then their bad air comes back to the United States to be cleaned. This, this is what he quoted in, in the environment about air pollution. That our good air goes over to China and they send their bad air back. I mean, it looks like, it, okay, there's a big box. We'll send the air back to you. You unpack it and send it back to us when it's good. So is that what Russia did? Did they pack up all the Chernobyl air and send it to other people? Oh, I guess so. I mean, you know, it, it, that that's a reality that they sent the bad air out. But they, they, here here we go. I mean, that, that is a substance. But this is the bad air, the pollutants in the air. And it's, it's just, that's just one thing. He said that his business was very, very successful. And he said, said that he had 200 employees in his business. I think maybe it was to get some of the COVID money. I don't know for sure on that. It may have been. It turns out he had a grand total of eight, eight when he had to do business filings, he had eight employees, not 200. He said that, said that uh, he came up with this, this, this thing for veterans and trying to get them uh, mentally uh, disabled, call them mentally disabled, and get them into treatments that they did not need. We got a new ad on one of those that were forced into this. They were trying to be forced into this situation. And in return, Herschel Walker got over $300,000 in profits from doing that. Wow. He said he had, he said he was in the top 1% of the graduating class at UGA. He never even graduated from UGA yet alone being in that. He said that he had been in the military and police work and criminal enforcement. Not true. He said that he had all this other kind of experience, but not true. Not surprisingly, Warnock is a slight lead in there. If, if this this man, I mean, it's like Tommy Tuberville over in Alabama, thought that he didn't know the three branches of government. He was calling World War II, World War I names, you know, and it was it, just like he had no clue what's going on. But because he was a big sports person, even though he didn't do, wasn't terribly successful in all these places and just abandoned them when they needed them, it was, it was just amazing, these people that the ex-president is pushing. Well, I mean, he's alienated everybody that was willing to work with him that had any idea of what was going on. You know, it's, it's at the point now where he has a whole, like, 
trail of bodies behind him of people that have abandoned him that were considered good picks, you know, Mad Dog, there was the Secretary of Defense. Oh, yeah. it, even at the end of the day, Barr, Barr made him mad too, you know, mm-hmm. and the people that at some point spoke the truth to him, he didn't want to hear it. And so he keeps going down this weird road of the people that he finds, like the, the My Pillow guy. That one, for some reason, just blows my mind the most. This dude yeah. has pillows. <laughs> like, why does he have any say in anything? You know, like I wa- I watched the um, the documentary Unprecedented on Discovery Plus. It's a three part documentary, and that guy had exclusive access to the Trumps. You know, all the all the children and he talked to Donald himself and they don't even realize how they come across. You know, it he called I don't know if you saw that, he called a he called somebody that's part of the White House support staff that is maybe going to that I don't know if, if they're planning mm. to have them testify, but this person can corroborate what Hutchinson said and some yep. which makes me think it's probably <clears throat> Like some like a a valet or a janitor or somebody like that, you know, that doesn't work for the president but works for in the White House for the White House, you know, staff that's not direct hired by the president. And so he never he or she never spoke directly to Trump, and Trump himself tried to call this person. Like these people, they they just do all these audacities openly. It's just out in the open. It's it's yeah. right there the whole time. Like it's crazy to me. It is crazy, you know. And they they're showing that in the, these these things and and all these hearings. And the hearings have been very very well orchestrated. If the people would just watch them, and some people who were supportive of all, of the lie and everything are saying, "Hey, no." Now when we the one witness there. He said, when I got out there after I'd been arrested and everything and researched it, I realized it was all a big lie. And now I've lost everything. I mean, I don't feel terribly sorry for him because he should have known better. It's not like those two election workers in in, uh, in Atlanta area that fear for their lives. You know, you have a, have a double whammy. Both of those people, both of those women are black women. So they already are are, are, are are almost second class in in many situations, particularly with the, a lot of white people, and now they have to have to worry about about their lives because they did what was right and they challenged, and proved that they were doing what was right. I, I just uh, it, it's, it's crazy, you know. When when they were talking about the crazies the other day, it reminded me of a, a one scene in in uh, movie Meg. When the woman's daughter there first met Jason Statham, when he goes there and call him, "Oh, you're Mr. Crazy" or whatever, and I thought they're all Mr. Crazies over in that that bunch on there. And I just did hope you, that we could do those things. Did you hear the Steve Bannon recording? No. It is probably the most chilling thing I've ever heard, and he, I've listened. I don't think I've listened to the whole thing. I've listened to a good chunk of it and read a lot about it. Basically, he was telling some people in this leaked recording that about 10 o'clock election night, Trump's just going to say he won it. Even if he's behind in votes, whatever, he's just going to say he won it. And people are going to believe that. And then if they try to come back the next morning, which you know they will because they're going to be counting 
absentee ballots into the night that they'll be crazy it'd be crazy all around the u.s because the trump people will be like well we won and then they said bannon said he's just gonna win he's gonna win he's gonna call it and he's gonna win and then he will never have to face another vote again he will be the king he'll be god and we can start putting people in jail well he said said before when z of china basically got the okay to be ahead of China for, for the rest of his life, for the most part, that it's too bad we can't do that. You know, and if they ever got the power enough to do it, they would, they would make it so he could be elected forever and, and never, never leave. And, you know, one of the people who said that, and I, I got sick of his, his complaining about liberals and things, but with Bill Maher, he said, he's not going to leave. Michael Moore said, we'll go up and take him out if we have to. And basically people did, did force him to go. He didn't left, but he's not, he's ready to come back. And it's a scary time that we're in, you know, as a historian, uh, I really worry about, for you guys, and certainly for our grandchildren, what kind of country we're doing. You got Manchin who will not support anything that affects the environment. You've got got all these other crazy people that are all set to come in, come in and take power, McCarthy, et cetera. They have, have followed the lie, even though they know, they in their heart of hearts, they know that Joe Biden won the election. It's those poor people out there who only listen to them and listen to the right-wing pundits who also know in their hearts that their boy lost, and they're not accepting of it. This was 98% of the vote had a paper trail for it. There was no way that it could do it. And there's those 72 judges and and uh, other political people and, and judicial people said they investigate every single one of those court cases. And they said there wasn't a shred of evidence to change it in any state at all, even down to the precinct level. There was not enough to change it in even one precinct in the entire of battleground states where they did all these, these uh, uh, claims. Not one. I mean, if you can't prove it in one precinct that there was anything wrong, then I, you should start looking at the reality of the situation. And it is scary. It is scary. And, and listeners, this is the most important election in modern times. It's, it's, it's almost more important than the 2020 election. There's midterm and 24 election. We can't let the crazies take over because if we do, democracy for your children and grandchildren will be gone. Well, thank you for being here again, Karen. We're going to talk a little bit more specifically, I think, about uh, the ex-president and some other situations, uh, certainly after the next hearing, because next hearing is going to be uh, more about him and what happened on that day. So that'll be good. And we'll be talking about the news and views again. So listeners, we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. Again, thank you, Karen, for being my co-host here. I really enjoy having you. God bless this great nation of ours and its legitimate leaders. God bless our troops wherever they're serving. Thank you and goodbye.